This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Canada's dollar-for-dollar retaliatory tariffs targeting $16.6 billion in American imports came into effect on Sunday after the federal government gave the White House a month to rescind its 25% tariff on Canadian steel and 10% tariff on aluminum imports. It will raise the cost of everything from toilet paper to mustard, and the question is, will it do any good? These tariffs, tariffs, excuse me, are targeted at states where their products are produced, and trade with Canada is crucial to the economy, and it also includes some states that are up for grabs in the coming midterm American elections. In the meantime, Donald Trump has said he won't sign a new NAFTA deal until after those elections. So, so uh, what does this mean for us at home? Uh, and uh, are you prepared to pay higher prices? It, it won't be that high on some things. We have to see how it shakes out because it, it's an increase on wholesale prices. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we have Bernie Wolf, who is a professor emeritus of economics and international business, and Mark Warner, who is a Canadian international international trade and competition lawyer. Hello, both of you. Good afternoon. Hi. Okay, so uh, this is one thing that I was curious about. Is it possible that Donald Trump saying that he won't sign an after deal till after these elections, could that be a good thing so he can uh, bluster and blow hard until then and then maybe do the right thing? Well, I think it could be a good thing. Um, the, what it means is that NAFTA stays in place. During the period, um, it, of course, leads to a longer period of uncertainty, and uncertainty is never good for business. But all in all, not so sure it makes all that much difference. Uh, Mark? Um, I think on balance, I'd probably agree with that. I, I think the question is, I, I, didn't, I think at this stage, I think it's a good thing only in the sense that he hasn't moved to terminate it. I think that he is clearly getting quite tired of Canada refusal to sit down and actually negotiate from his point of view. I think someone with Trump's personality and what we've seen of his way of negotiating will not particularly be impressed by the kind of retaliatory tariffs we've put on. And so I guess the fear for me is that he does something else to act preemptorily. So the fact that he hasn't done that yet, I mean, his attack so far has been to you know continue to play with the 25% tariff over autos, which I guess remains his his primary cudgel over our head at this point, and also to toy around with the language of pursuing bilateral agreements rather than a three-party NAFTA. So for the time being, he seems to be satisfied that that's the, the, the way to hit at Canada. But my expectation would be that we haven't heard the end of Mr. Trump between now and the midterms. I think it would be a mistake to think that it's all over. Well, no, I wouldn't think it's all over. He said that at one breath, and then we had we saw Sarah Sanders going on about how Canada's been taking advantage of them. Right. 
Well, what she also said is that we've escalated it. And just, you know, as a lawyer, as a trade lawyer, but I'm both a Canadian and American trade lawyer, I'll tell you again that I think we've spoken about this before. Canada has, by any estimation, escalated. Now, that's not what you're going to read in the Canadian newspapers, but it's true. The way the WTO system works is that if we objected to the American imposition of the national security tariffs, we would lodge a complaint at the WTO. We do not get the right, and we have never done it before, no matter how many times the Minister of Foreign Affairs says it. She's wrong. We have never acted unilaterally with unilateral uh, tariffs retaliation. We've always gone to the WTO first, waited for a finding that we are, that we are correct, and then threatened retaliation. So we're in uncharted territory, and when you do that, you are escalating. And Bernie, do you agree with that? Yes, I agree. I mean, we are in uncharted territory. We have a president who, you know, just does exactly what he wants. He doesn't really worry about or care about the WTO, doesn't care about anything. I thought he wants to get out of it. Well, yeah, but, but basically he doesn't care what they say. And he may well want to get out of it, though that's not 100% clear. I mean, he has a lot of bluster about everything. Um, I, I, you know, I think it was necessary to do these retaliatory tariffs from a political point of view, um, really to show a little bit of muscle. On the other hand, they're going to do damage to Canada. I mean, it's shooting ourselves in the foot. Aside from, as Mark says, we, we're you know, violating the rules of the game. Uh, and I, I looked at a very long list of things, uh, and it seemed like the price increases on them perhaps would not be that high. And on the other side of it, I've been talking to a number of people and who say just anecdotally, and perhaps uh, we'll have callers who weigh in, who said, you know what, I'm now going to buy Canadian. So, uh, Mark, is, is there a possibility that it will enhance some uh, our local economy with people trying harder to buy Canadian? Well, you can try. You know, Bernie and I first met years and years ago when I worked as a research assistant for Alan Rudman in the um, Canada-U.S. free trade agreement. And we were talking then about how the, we'd see the rationalization across the border. The truth of the matter, as I see it, is that a lot of Canadian supply chain, but also Canadian distribution chain, mean that essentially we're going to continue to get the same products coming across our border. So, for instance, if you want to, if you want to say you want to show it to the man by not buying Heinz and you buy French, and French yeah. is an American company. So, you know, the tomatoes might be grown in Leamington or wherever, but it's actually an American company. So you're selling it to the man by giving money to the American company. It, it is, it is a, a war that Canada cannot win. It's a rhetorical war. Um, the government has chosen to stoke it up in this way, uh, to, fla- to fan the flags in this way. But my guess is, given the, the nature of our distribution channels, what you're en- going to end up finding is you're not going to see more sort of new supply from Europe or Asia or new Canadian suppliers coming on stream. You're going to find the same things you found yourself before. And what do you do when one guy's taken out with a 25% tariff? You raise your prices to 24.9%. That's, that's, that's where the competition part comes into it. Okay. Um, the other uh, thing I wanted to touch on today, so we have a new Mexican president, Lopez Obrador, and I was a little surprised when he said he's committed to NAFTA, three-way NAFTA, but in, since then he's apparently talked to Trump about just doing a unilateral deal. Um, what's your take on that? Let's start with Bernie. Well, um, he hasn't said um, very much, actually. He just simply said that he's willing to negotiate, whatever that means and that he's really open to doing it, you know, 
a bilateral or um, trilateral. But he, he hasn't, you know, said anything about, you know, the details about what would be acceptable, but what wouldn't. I mean, autos is a big, big stumbling block here. Mark? Uh, I agree with that. I, I think that he's going to keep his um, keep, keep everything open for him. I think to some extent, um, one of the things he, I noticed that one of his advisors said uh, this morning or yesterday was that they're willing to do an agreement and they're, and they're willing to move on some of the sticky points. Now, one of the sticky points that Canada identified was this issue of a sunset clause, and the government has really dug itself into a corner on that one saying that no government of Canada ever could do that. Of course, the government of Canada did do that in 1988 in Chapter 19 of the Canada-U.S. Free Trade Agreement. So my guess is that that kind of an issue is not something that Lopez Obrador really will care about. He's a guy from a labor negotiation background, and I don't think the concept of, of, a, of a sunset clause or finding some kind of wording around that is going to be something he would scuttle agreement uh, a deal over. So I think that we may well find that and I think this is what Trump's counting on, that what the Americans have identified as Canadian intransigence at the, at the negotiating table, as their way out of that will probably be to try to do something with Mexico. Okay. And uh, Bernie, do you agree with that? Yeah. I, I, you know, I think this is an open game that almost anything can happen. Um, you know, and the sunset clause does create a lot of uncertainty. But I think, uh, you know, Canada could live with that because, you know, the probability you know, with another administration of, of actually severing, you know, a bank and renegotiate every five years might not, in fact, be all that important. I think there are a lot of other things that are much stickier and much more immediate and that need to be dealt with. Uh-huh. Um, finally, uh, before we take a break, um, there, there are some by Canadian moves, campaigns. Uh, there are people who are starting to say, hey, Canadians, you shouldn't travel to the States this summer. W- w- will any of that, you think, Mark, have any kind of impact? I don't really think so. I mean, I, we heard a little bit of that last year. And then when I looked at the numbers, the travel numbers, to the United States were up from Canada. We're the only country in the world or region in the world where actually increased our, our travel to the United States. We're a cold country. They have a lot of warm parts, and I think there's a lot of bluster so far. So we'll see. I think it'll have to get a lot worse before people really change their behavior that way. But I do think if you ask people that question in a poll, that's what they're going to say. Uh-huh. Okay. And Bernie, what do you think well, about that? I dispro- disapprove very much of these bi-Canadian, bi-American, because they're all very protectionist. Um, I, I think that this is the wrong way to go. Um, yeah, you can make a lot of noise, but I don't think that um, we should be adding really more protectionist uh, ideas because these ideas tend to not only to fester, but they tend to stay in place, and um, they do no good, no good. I mean, this is not a zero-sum game. This is one where both sides can win, and if you, the more the higher the barriers go up the more everybody loses. And what about the impact on the economy as a whole? Uh, there have been some predictions this could plunge us into a recession. Mark, do you see that? Um, the, 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 the wild card is uncertainty, right? It, it's that, and I think what, this is what Trump's advisors have convinced him of and what he seems to understand, which is the, the answer to, to perceived intransigence at the negotiating table is just basically keep stringing it along and major investors that have to make a choice of where they want to locate will actually locate on the American side of the border just to resolve in favor of the uncertainty. So 
our governor of the Bank of Canada has noted that several times. Uh, I think he's right to do so. And, and that's going to be where the principal effects we're going to feel in our economy. Um, now, the other effect to us is to the extent the American economy slows down, that's going to slow our economy down because, frankly, we sell so much of what we produce into the United States that if, if the overall Trump hysteria about trade begins to slow their rate of growth, we will also suffer from that and suffer from that disproportionately. And, and Bertie, do you uh, have anything to add to that? Well, in the short term, I don't think it will lower the rate of growth because I think the, the U.S. economy is already overheating, that, you know, his fiscal policy has been absolutely mad. Um, so I don't see that. I see, though, in Canada that there could be a drop in consumer sentiment, consumer purchasing uh, with all this uncertainty, which would not be very good for the Canadian economy. What is clear and very, very clear, and I can't emphasize more, is if he should put tariffs, substantial tariffs on motor vehicles, a recession is certainly going to happen. Ontario will be extremely hard hit. Um, this would, you know, have almost disastrous consequences. Okay. Thank you both, Bernie Wolf and Mark Warner. Appreciate it. Thanks for having Appreciate it. Okay. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear another perspective from Lori Tannis, who is a special advisor for the Cross-Border Institute. Also, I'd like to hear from you um, if you're worried about price hikes, if you're worried about your portfolio. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We are now going to get another perspective on uh, what I guess we have to call a trade war by now. I'd also like to get your perspective. Uh, I know that we stocked up on mustard and toilet paper uh, because uh, we're expecting price hikes. I don't know how big they're going to be. But uh, what do you think? Those are from the retaliatory tariffs that our government imposed on American products. Uh, Some people say might be a good thing as other people uh, try to make sure that they buy Canadian, something that we may not pay that much attention to. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now, let's go to Lori Tannis. Hello. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad, thank you. Well, uh, uh uh-oh, I hope we have some kind of strange thing on that line. If you could uh, maybe walk around to a better place. Um, Uh, Let's see. What is is your perspective on uh, what we've seen over the weekend, these retaliatory tariffs? Are they going to make the situation worse? Well, I think that at this point in time, they are, um, you know, we're, we are we are in the middle of a trade war. And I think that, uh, unfortunately, various industries and consumers are going to be impacted by uh, by what, what we've seen this weekend and what we're going to continue to see if something isn't, uh, you know, done to uh, to alleviate all of this pressure that we're seeing. What about the impact on Canadian consumers? Well, they're the ones that I feel are going to end up, you know, getting hit uh, the hardest because we are going to see prices go up, uh, unfortunately, 
uh, maybe not straight away, but I think uh, over time, the longer that these tariffs are in place, we are going to see incremental um, increases, uh, you know, on various household goods that perhaps we're not used to uh, seeing those, uh, you know, those hikes in the past. Okay, I'm going to read out uh, some of the list of the things that just got retaliatory tariffs. Yogurt, roasted coffee, but not decaffeinated, prepared meals, um, some maple syrup. I was even surprised. Why would we be importing maple syrup from the United States? But apparently we do. Strawberry jam, mayonnaise and salad dressings, mixed condiments, manicure or pedicure preparations, hair lacquers, pre-shave, glues, automatic dishwasher detergents, tableware and kitchenware, and the list goes on. Now, uh, these price hikes are on wholesale. So is as you said, this, this might not be something that we uh, feel that much when we go shopping. Right, Lori? Right, correct. I mean, I think that individual uh, grocery stores or convenience stores or large grocery store chains are going to have to make a decision. Are they going to be able to absorb these increases? Uh, and or if not, if they think that there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel, that these tariffs are going to be in place for a while, they may have to say, all right, you know, we'll increase it by five cents or by 10 cents. It's going to depend on what their supply chain does, because it's really a reactionary measure. And um, uh, do you, if, what do your contacts in the United States say? I mean, our retaliatory tariffs were aimed at places uh, where they export to Canada and where they have some seats up for grabs. And we have had some support from Americans who don't like this. But, you know, oddly, a lot of that support is coming from politicians who are set to retire. Right, right. No, and I mean, we're hearing the same thing that, that, you know, they're concerned as well that they're going to be impacted by the same price, uh, price hikes and that this really isn't good for them. Um, and, and yes, we have seen some support. I just don't know if it's going to be enough support to, to get any traction and, and, and have any meaningful change or at least immediate change. Okay, uh, let's hear from Linda in Toronto. Hello, Linda. Hi, I think it's a waste of time and it's really silly. Two countries in the same continent fighting over such petty things. It's like little kids playing. I'm taking my toy soldiers and going home. I'm taking my dishes and going home. A foolish way they're going on it. I I have no comment. They should just all grow up is what they should do. (laughs) You want Donald Trump to grow up. Good luck with that. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think think he likes Canada because of his first wife. She She was from Europe, but she lived here. She loved Canada. I don't know what is wrong with him, why he's doing this, why he's being so childish, but he really needs to grow up. Uh, Okay, we'll tell him that. Thanks, Linda. Well, I wish I could. I wish someone would. (laughs) Okay, thanks. He uh, seems to be a law unto himself. And, Lori, do you have a view on whether the fact that he said he's not going to sign a trade deal until uh, uh, after these elections, is that going to be a good thing for us or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing in the sense that I don't think he's going to make any irrational decisions beforehand. Him waiting until the elections are done, I think, guarantees for us uh, that, that whatever decisions are made will be done in, in a meaningful, logical way. So, so nothing, uh, nothing too sudden or, um, you know, reactionary in the sense that I think, you know, I'm hoping anyway that he'll listen and adhere to, to his advisors and, and uh, take the time that's necessary to sign 
a trade deal. I and mean, if we look, NAFTA's been in place for 20 years. So whatever deal we come to, you know, if it's a good one, we're hoping it'll be around for, for another 20 years. Okay. Lori Tannis, Special Advisor for the Cross-Border Institute at the University of Windsor. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.